Welcome to the Eye on Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. Man, I've never been into the Broadneck Library, man. This is, we're in a meeting room here, and this is one of the few libraries I haven't been because I love the libraries in Anne Arundel County, but we are with John Sharippa, who is the founder of a newish nonprofit called Unity Bands. How are you? I'm great, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks. Well, I guess the library's having both of us, so <laughs> so we are right here. But Unity Bands, and I'll start off right away, it's unitybands.org, and that's uh, nothing funky about the spelling or something like that. And I said it's a fairly newish nonprofit in Anne Arundel County. It was formed right here in Arnold or the Broadneck Peninsula, what, what have you. And according to the mission on the website, it's an all-volunteer 501c3, that means you can get a tax deduction on, the, on, right. a, on a donation. Uh, nonprofit providing financial support to the low-paid, undervalued, and essential healthcare workers and promoting credible COVID-19 information to at-risk communities and to inform decision-making. That's a lot. I mean, that's a big bite to chew. Um, how, how, did it, how did this come about then? Yeah, so the, the, the journey, and it's been an incredible journey. So it really started... Shortly after the lockdown, everybody remembers what the feelings were like when the states went into lockdown and people were sent home from work during the the earlier stages of the pandemic. So what I was thinking about at the time was we think about the great tragedies of our time, like active shooters, for example, and somebody usually develops like a, a ribbon or a symbol to help draw the local community together. And that's kind of where the idea started. Has somebody created some kind of a symbol to unify people during the pandemic, um, recognizing that COVID wasn't just a local problem, this was a global problem. And I asked my friend, and I still say of the text message, hey, Dave, uh, has anybody designed a logo during the pandemic to unify people? And he was like, I have no idea, but this COVID thing is becoming a real problem in New York City right now. So this is like March <laughs> of 2020. So from there... I didn't really know how to design logos. I'm not a graphics designer. But from there, once I located a friend of mine who could put something together, it transitioned to maybe this is more than just a symbol. Maybe this is something we could put on merchandise and sell, and the proceeds can go to frontline workers and researchers during the pandemic. You know, it's funny. I mean, during, okay, we'll say March of 2020, uh, when all of us were scrubbing our groceries after we got back from the grocery store and avoiding people by the, you know, walk quick across the street so you don't need to get near that person. Right. Uh, you're, you were sitting here thinking of a way to unify I mean, where, where's your background? Where did the where did that? I mean, is that part of of your psyche that you said, "Hey, yeah, we need to do this"? I mean, I think that's fair. So I've I've tried starting businesses before, um, but I'm also a volunteer and uh, active member with the Community Emergency Response Team in Anne Arundel okay. County. So I got certified in Arlington, Virginia, years ago. So. Part of my passion is emergency response. So when I clock out at the end of the day, uh, trying to help educate the community with disaster preparedness and uh, ways to be prepared. Right. And CERT, CERT is, which is the community, community Emergency Response Team? Yes. Is that right? It's a hybrid organization. And it's, it's an essential organization. It's all volunteer, I believe. Mm -hmm. But it 
responds to emergencies. I mean, if there was a flood, I mean, then they can help with a myriad of things. They can help with, you know, traffic control. They can, uh, you know, sandbags. They can, you know, any, any number of things. I mean, they're sort of like the Red Cross. They're sort of like the National Guard. They're sort of like the Army Corps of Engineers. And they're sort of like the, the fire and police that come there. It's, But with probably none of the powers of any of them, <laughs> the legal powers anyway. Right. For those that were in Annapolis, I know that they were positioned, uh, you know, when Main Street was opening again and everything else, they were like, hey, here's masks, put on your masks if you, you know, want to come into this area and stuff like that, which is a really big help, especially when we didn't have a vaccine or know what, what the hell was going on, so to speak. Um, Oh, so the logo essentially is a an infinity logo. It's a fairly simple one. It started out as a band on the the what, what are they made out of? Like the silicone uh, wristbands, right? And that was where you started as far as selling them. Correct. So um, when I mentioned a little bit earlier about reaching out to somebody, I had this aha moment where I have a friend down in Brazil who designed a graphic for me years ago. And I reached out to him and I told him what we were trying to do before Unity Bands even started. And I said, this is all predicated on three values, hope, fight, and unity. And I said, do you think you can put something together like a logo that encapsulates those three values? So he sent me this design a couple days later. And he said, John, what, what do you think? And I said, don't touch it. It looks perfect. This is, this is what we're going to go with. And that's, that's really how it all started. So from there, just doing a little bit of research, yes, let's, let's get them printed out on those silicone, those silicone wristbands. And let's start with that and sell them to community members and let them know what we're trying to do. Which is brilliant because I, I know them. They're, they're, they're cheap as hell to make. Right. And, you know, who wouldn't spend... You know, for a cause three like bucks. this, spend you know well, three, five, seven, what you know, whatever it is. I mean, it's it's a good markup on there, right? For a nonprofit, hope, fight, and unity, unity, yeah. with with the figure eight, the infinity symbol. Uh, I mean, why? What's what's the green? Is that the green signifies hope? Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess like with grass and rebirth and and, and everything else there, right. and then the uh, the fight and the the unity because they come together, and then the fight because it's ongoing i mean i guess right i mean the mantra was so we we launched unity bands three days before the vaccines became available to frontline workers so think december okay. of 2020 so the mantra at the time was everybody's fighting right now like the morale was in the dumps because the vaccines had not even become available yet so the frontline workers were fighting for their patients the patients were fighting for their lives so everybody was in some sort of a fight december of 2020 and even you know throughout the uh, that time frame, so we start we start to sell the bands, and uh, I mean you sold quite a few of them. You sold several thousand of them, right? Yep, about two thousand. And where where did the money go? I mean you're you are a total grassroots type of a nonprofit. I mean it's money in, money out. There's you know no you're you know no you're not getting paid. It's like oh come on, go to Home Depot and buy that the pad and, and eat the eat the fifty dollar you know, or right. eat the five dollars. So I I mean it seems like you're very much of a you know, we operate off of donations and, and the goodwill of the people that are involved. And what did you decide to give this money to? Sure. So that was the first question on the table when I spoke with my wife about this. Like, where specifically do we dedicate COVID response and research money? And Bruce Morgenstern, the president of CERT, I had a conversation with him and I said, we want to do this. Who was who the right person to talk to? And that path led me to medical foundations in the area. 
Baltimore Washington Medical Center Foundation and the University of Maryland School of Medicine Foundation. So we started to talk with their staffs who were enthusiastic about what we were doing. And we said, this is the right home because they know exactly where the money should be going in terms of response efforts and research efforts. So that took us over the course of several years of partnering with other foundations as well in Alabama, New York, and Pennsylvania. Um, but that's that's where it all started right there is having those conversations with the foundations. So this is not just here in Maryland. Correct. You, you, you said Pennsylvania and Alabama. and So the, how, how, large, how large is the reach at this point? I would say at its peak, we were partnered with four different foundations in three different states. And... Uh, over the course of time, we said, let's let's really try to focus our efforts. And we settled on the two foundations in Maryland and then New York Presbyterian, uh, obviously, uh, in Manhattan. Now, is it strictly bands, the wristbands that you're selling? There's also merchandise like hoodies, masks, T-shirts, things Smart. like that. There's like, a, there's like an online store with uh, custom-designed Unity Bands apparel, and it goes beyond just the infinity symbol. We have a great graphics designer volunteer down in Jacksonville, Florida, who's developed great logos for our merchandise. Oh, that's nice, 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 nice. Well, I mean, how do you make your decisions on where you distribute the spoils of, the, uh, of your efforts? I mean, and, and what, what does it go? I mean, you know, I'm going back into your mission. It's like, you know, to the, you talk about low paid, undervalued and essential healthcare workers. And we all know that, uh, you know, over the last three years that we come to realize that, yes, the nurses and just the folks that are working in the hospitals, uh, literally putting their lives on the line, uh, are underpaid. I mean, it sort of goes along with teachers. Right. Is that what you're doing? I mean, are you giving, I mean, obviously you're not big enough to turn around and say, okay, well, every nurse in Anne Arundel County now gets another $20,000 a year. I mean, are you giving enough to like just make their job easier? I mean, how does that? Yeah, great question. And there's kind of a bifurcation, if you will, between what we were doing prior to a month ago and then kind of where we go from here. Uh, to date, when we donate to facilities like the uh, Baltimore Washington Medical Center, they, they provide us impact reports of where the donations are going. And that's everything from they stood up a resiliency center for the frontline workers. So it's a place for the front lines to unwind and de-stress at the end of like a long shift, for example, making sure those are stocked with uh, food, water, supplies, things like that. Pizza, pizza and, a, and a cold beer. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, catered food, uh, COVID-19 kits for increased risk patients for when they go home. So the spectrum medical equipment at the, at the School of Medicine. So the spectrum was, was pretty wide about uh, where those donations went. And uh, transitioning to kind of where we go from here with the mission that you mentioned a moment ago, that's where we're doing some research now on where we did dedicate our donations in the future um, in terms of the, uh, the low-paid, undervalued uh, frontline workers and things like that. So you guys have really evolved. Coming into this, I would sit there and say, boy, I, I hope you're out of business in two years. Uh, you right. know, there's, you know, I've said that to the food bank, too. I said, I, I, gosh, I hope you guys are all unemployed. No no offense, but that's what I, what I would love to see is that right. nobody has to worry about food or certainly nobody has to worry about COVID-19 going forward. I'm not naive enough to think that that's true. Uh, despite what our president said on television the other night, how it was over and he waved the magic wand and everything else. Um, but what what is the future for Unity Bands? Yeah, so where we go from here with, with the board of directors establishing a new mission, uh, we really kind of 
we almost go go back a couple steps and and we enter the research phase of where do we where do we have the greatest impact now that we're that we really want to have an impact with the underpaid frontline workers and making sure that credible COVID information gets to the right communities because we've seen over the course of the last couple of years how much disinformation is out there particularly on social media. Um, that's that's where we want to focus some attention. You mean it wasn't true what I read on Facebook? <laughs> right, Facebook, Instagram comments—it's uh, <laughs> wild. Some of the some of the things that you read out there. So we go back to kind of the research phase about how do we make sure we're plugged in with the right people and we're and we're donating to the right causes, but also how do we make sure we have good volunteer opportunities available to the community as well? Because everything we do does not necessarily need to focus around finances and donations. Uh, perhaps it's we just have more volunteer opportunities and build a unity band team that way. Well, certainly, I mean, uh the finances is great. I mean, if you've got a, a big sugar daddy someplace in the closet that's you know giving millions of dollars for you and everything else, you can do all sorts of wonders with that. But uh, certainly getting your name out there and getting the exposure to sit there and have people recognize uh, when they see the green infinity symbol on a wristband and know exactly what that is. I mean, we look at a Livestrong uh, you know, yellow wristband, and we know, that, oh, that's that Lance Armstrong thing. Right. Uh, we may not necessarily know what it's all about, but, I mean, we that's a brand that we've come to know. I was working with an organization that is doing a, a fundraiser for Ukraine, and they're having real difficult time getting people to come to their fundraiser. And, and as blunt as I can be, I'm like, we're over Ukraine. I mean, I mean, the news cycle is so quickly. I mean, it's, it's out. I mean, right now we're dealing with, okay, got, got, are we in a recession? Or are we not? We're looking at the markets. We've got, you know, everything else that is going on. And, and unfortunately, not that it's any less important, but Ukraine has taken a backseat in a lot of the minds of the Americans here. And I think also that we look at similarly with COVID. In June, I ended up having COVID and I was in a fairly crowded area that I thought was a recommended safe space. I mean, it was outside. We were spread apart and everything else i mean this thing is here and you know so it's it's not over and yet people are going about like it is and um you know that's one of the that's one of the things i guess you're probably going to have to fight with so john this has been something we've been struggling with since almost the beginning which was surprising because i did not think that building momentum with this mission would be this challenging during the pandemic um but but the raising the awareness of the cause and the name to finding donors and things like that. It, it's truly been a challenge. I don't think Unity Bands is isolated in this. I think it's with many small and upcoming and new nonprofits uh, that, that share that struggle of just how to get the word out and how to build momentum and things like that. We have applied for grants, for example. So I'll give you one example. Um, we applied for a grant over in the Laurel area. And the purpose of the grant was we want to host a frontline appreciation night. So basically uh, have pizzas or something delivered to uh, frontline workers in need in a three-mile radius around the Laurel racetrack because those were the parameters of this particular Okay, grant. so you're calling calling, you know, some local pizza joint and saying, okay, I need 100 pizzas delivered to exactly. these 20 locations. Right. So... The board of this particular grant was pretty open about their process, about how they were going to approve of this. And 
it, we, we, we did not get approved by a razor thin margin. And I, I, based on what I was hearing and seeing, it was because they just did not know who we were. Uh, there was no name recognition. So even though we were trying to go for a noble cause, a frontline appreciation night, uh, it did not get approved for, for lack of awareness. So it, it's, it's something that we have struggled with. A little bit of a catch-22. I mean, how much money have you guys contributed or raised throughout your, your, your brief history? I mean, we're, you're only two and a half years old now, I guess. Right. So the short story is we've donated over $15,000 to um, everything that we've talked about so far, the front lines, research efforts, things like that. Um, in 2021, we made a decision that every dollar that came in, we would donate. So we built no budget for unity bands, right? Which is which is a limiting factor, right? There, there's only so much you can do with free, free and no resources. Um, but that was the choice we made last year, and this year we've tried to, you know, build up a little bit of a budget to get the word out and things like that. Interesting. Well, where do you see your money coming from down down the road? I mean, as as you continue in, um, it, it, I, my girlfriend has always said too that you know, COVID, while COVID may be declared by somebody more knowledgeable on the whole medicine end of this thing than the president, but it may be declared overdone, obsolete, dead, whatever, whatever they term it. But there probably is going to be something else that's going to come down the pack. I mean, is that something that you guys are prepared for? Yeah. So I think there's a technical answer and then there's a personal answer. The technical answer is, you know, the, the ways that we can build finances, build donations, um, grants, fundraisers, donors. I think it comes down to those three. The personal aspect is the people that really care about this mission. And um, whether it's people that have been personally affected by COVID, because even though things are drastically better now than they were in December of 2020, uh, there are people that will continue to struggle with this for years. And it's everybody from those that have long COVID to those that have lost people uh, during the pandemic. These are the people that I think we we need to connect with. Yeah, I, I've heard people critical of, you know, President Trump and President Biden and Governor Hogan and County Executive Pittman and Mayor Buckley. You know, I mean, you hear critical of everything, okay? And, you know, George Arlotto and, you know, I, okay. This is something none of us have ever dealt with. And, I mean, Arlotto, I think, said it at one point. He says, you know, we're building this plane as we're trying to fly it, right. which is a perfect analogy for this. And, you know, to sit there and, you know, to criticize these people to figure out how that they were doing a, a poor job. And, I mean, I think that it's uh, very, very short-sighted there. And I think that— Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, uh, and we can second-guess everything that's happened over the last two and a half years— we're concerned on where we go from here, right? Like f from an information perspective, you know, getting back to the, the dual part of our mission. Yes, we've seen a lot of bad information going going around the uh, last couple of years, um, but that's something that we want to focus on now is moving ahead to the future as COVID information continues to need to get out there. Um, we want to make sure we're, we're, we're helping out with that effort um, because there are going to still be at-risk at communities. So even though some communities, yes, the pandemic is in the rearview mirror, there's vaccine equity issues and, and things like that that need to be addressed. And the other thing, too, is we don't know is, you know, we don't know what we don't know. Um, you know, do the vaccines have, uh, you know, for a child that received a vaccine, uh, is that going to have an effect on fertility 20 years from down the line? I mean, we don't know that. 
I mean, I mean, we can, I guess, medically and, and scientifically, we can determine that it probably shouldn't and stuff like that. But again, with long COVID, I mean, nobody realized that was going to happen. I mean, now it's you know going on forth. So I mean, there's an awful lot of what ifs that still remain. I think. Yep. I'd like to be wrong, but <laughs> I think we, I think we really do. What is the message that you hope that Unity Bands delivers when somebody hears about Unity Bands? What do you want the people to think about? You've got this ambitious, caring group of people locally and really, really regionally um, that are not willing to uh, give up in terms of supporting the frontline workers during the pandemic. So we, we do not view the pandemic as over. Um, we know that there's still more work to be done, but it's really, it's really just trying to have an impact, a positive impact. You said a group of people. I mean, how many people are involved in Unity Bands? So the board of directors, you have three right now. Uh, we've got three active volunteers, and then we have three interns, um, George Washington University and um, NYU as well. So that's uh, nine people. Yep. So it's a small group. Pretty, it's pretty a ragtag group of people, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, you have, were the founder, and you were the, the, the board, the founder, the president, the, the bottle washer, the whole nine yards right. uh, when it started. I mean, you are stepping away from your role as president. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Why, why is that? So... The pace that I was going with Unity Bands and the amount of work that I was putting in, in addition to full-time job with the uh, Air Force, uh, family life, things like that, the pace I could not sustain doing everything that I was doing in the president role. And this happens from time to time. I, I read a book from Joan Gary, who knows nonprofits inside and out, and she's like, the founder is a unique animal, and this is the person that initially they're doing the work of 20 different people, right? So that was not sustainable, and I realized that, and I said to myself, there's other things that I want to be doing with Unity Bands, but I can't dedicate 15 hours a week for recruiting and outreach, uh, so, so there's if limits. You're do, if you're doing everything else, right. yeah. That, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Do we have a successor yet? Not yet. Um, we're still looking. Uh, our acting our, our acting president is, is our VP, uh, Karan, who is one of our... Uh, he started out as our intern. Then we promoted him to vice president, and now we're, we've promoted him to acting president. It's sort of like the Hotel California. <laughs> you get in, you can't, you can't never leave. That's right. <laughs> the need is not going to abate on here. And again, I think that... Um, you talk about unity, and I mean, I, I just, you know, I think back to 9-11 and how unified we were in the months that followed that. Um, I look at any major incident that happens uh, and how the communities come together. You can look at, at mass shootings. I mean, we bring it home here into Annapolis when the Capitol had their shooting in the, in the newsroom. I mean, the unity of the community was incredible. And I think unity is something that we're missing in our everyday lives. And I think it's something that we could probably all use a lot more of. Um, we are far more alike than we are different. Uh, and that doesn't matter whether you're, you know, black, white, male, female, gay, straight, it you know, we, we're, all, we're all humans and we're all here together and we all need to get along somehow. Right. And I think beyond COVID-19, uh, I mean, just I think the message that Unity Bands is bringing is, is certainly laudable and uh, something that everybody really needs to, to get behind. And I mean, it, you know, even if just somebody is thinking about, you know, hey, we need to be a uniter as opposed to an oppressor. 
it's not the opposite of a uniter. I don't know. I, you know, you know, or divider. The great divider is the word, I guess. Um, we'd be far better off in any number of different ways. And I, I think what you've done is established a, a great launching part, you know, for that support. I mean, how how can we support you? Yeah, I think I think the important thing for the community to be aware of is maintaining contact with us, uh, like on social media, for example. Um, so you mentioned the website earlier, but uh, we're on all the major social networks, Facebook, Instagram, things like that. Keeping in touch with what we're doing next, like where we go from here. So what type of events are we going to be able to see Unity Bands at? I mean, where can we see you in the community? I mean, obviously you can't predict where it would be, but I mean, what types of... So in the future, um, in addition to the Frontline Appreciation Night, which we still want to pursue, we want to be able to do some additional fundraising, uh, for example, uh, like in-person events or virtual concerts, which we've done in the past several oh, times. Oh, fun. So things like that, being able to duplicate that in the future. Um, last year, we partnered with the Bowie Bay Sox to do a Unity Bands wristband giveaway at a baseball game. So 1,000 fans received a free Unity Band and $2,400 donations went to our local medical partners. So we want to be able to duplicate oh. things like that. That's fun. In the future. That's fun. Uh, out in the community, I mean, where did you parades and stuff like that? And uh, so we did have a float in the Severna Park Independence Day Parade. Uh, That's which, a great parade. Which is a great experience. Uh, Louie from the Bay Sox joined us for the event. Uh, we had a musical performer on the truck. So this was a great example of pooling together resources from all over. A lot of people volunteering their time uh, really just to get the message out. Fantastic. Unitybands.org is where you want to go. It's not a, it's not a musician thing. It's, right. uh, it's about a wristband. Uh, they do have some merch there, and that's, that's the easiest way to support them or just write a check. Right. Yeah, we've got the big donate button right on the website, too. Smart move. You'd be surprised at how many nonprofits don't. It's like you've got to fight to figure out how to give them money. And it's like, come on, no, guys, be real about this. Put it right, right here. This is the thing. Uh, you know, get behind it. Check out what they're doing. Unitybands.org has got their whole story there. It's got where they've been featured and everything else. You've got the board. And the fight is not over. There is hope. And there's unity, uh, as, as we bring here. And I think, uh, John Shripa, I mean, thank you very much for your time and uh, for your foresight and in, in thinking about this while the rest of us were scrubbing our box of cereal that we just picked up with <laughs> from the grocery store. It's not an easy job. And, I mean, they've, uh, you've done an admirable job so far. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.